Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. Well, today I wanted to talk about self-confidence, the part that we like to see active in our children and our grandkids, even to the point of them walking up and saying, I don't think I can do that. And you know, you've seen them do even bigger and things than that. How can they even be doubting that they can do it? And Mm -hmm. I just hate it. It crushes my spirit when I see them going, I don't think I, I, my granddaughter, I can't read. She can read. I've sat (laughs) there as she's read books to me. But she makes the statement, I don't know how to read. She doesn't have a lot of confidence because she's a beginner reader. But the more you read, the more confidence you get. But I found with those who are sexually abused, when I deal with them, it's different than somebody who hasn't been sexually abused. Their self-confidence, even when they've proven that they can do something and do it very well. Three months down the line, if you ask him to do that thing or you say, you're so good at doing that, Renee, I was wondering if you can go ahead and share with everybody in the room how you do that one thing. You're going, well, I don't know know it perfectly. All of a sudden you're diminishing this authority that I was throwing towards you. Everybody in the room has seen that you posted on the internet that you know how to do this thing inside out and backwards. And yet you're saying, now, just so you know, I'm not official at this or whatever. You're just constantly taking it down a notch, down a notch. Mm. And everybody's going, but she knows how to do it. And then all of a sudden you do it and everybody's going, why did she even say those things? And I think it really does go back to those who've been sexually abused that self-confidence was torn away when they lost that safety net around their feeling safe that safety net around their life when they felt like they didn't have control when maybe the person that was abusing them actually used words to tell them that they were no good that they were stupid or whatever it was but they don't even need the words oh my goodness just the actions alone of Pulling the rug of safety out from under you. Yeah. But that does a wonder on a person. It does a wonder. And then if the parents aren't behind protecting the child after they've said that they're being hurt, then it goes even further so that they never feel safe. They're not going to feel safe at school now. So it's going to show the self-confidence is going to show up in school, even though they may be the best at kickball. They're now not the best at kickball. They'll back off. They're they're going to just not put themselves out there to be hurt. Even if they were the best at jump rope, they're not going to go ahead and just flourish in that. I found that I was really good at double dutch. Really good. <laughs> and I had girlfriends and we did it all the time and really good. But once I re- reached a certain level and everybody else started noticing how good I was. 
I started slowing down and messing up and I could see it now as an adult, but I couldn't see it then. Too many people were starting to stare. Too many people were starting to realize. And I didn't want that audience because I was being abused during that time. And I didn't want them to see that on me. Right. Right. That makes sense. So I took it down. I just wanted to be invisible. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be loved. I was hurting. So I really didn't want you to touch me, but I wanted to be loved. I was hurting. So I was like a dog that got hit by a car that wants to bite you. Yeah. At the same time, I don't want you to notice me. I was similar, but kind of opposite. <laughs> I felt invisible and wanted to be noticed, but the invisibility was a safety cloak almost mm. because we don't as an abused person that's the last thing we want is to be for the stains to be seen on us you know the discard to be seen on us the the bad thing going on in our home we didn't want people knowing about that that's the last thing i wanted is my my house to look like it wasn't an all together house you know or that my family was not together in the sense of um, healthy, <laughs> you know, didn't didn't want that view of myself or my my home life. So I wanted to keep a distance, but yet I so wanted to be loved. I so wanted to be included. I wanted to be good at something. So my something I found was spelling. Spelling had nothing to do with anybody else, you know, and I oh. could do it on my own and learn I it. I wonder why you're so good with it. <laughs> you Girl, they, gave, they gave chocolate <laughs> if you want a spelling bee in my I think it was my third grade class if you want a spelling bee you got to put a bee you got you got this big bee that you got to color and then put it on the wall and then after you collected three bees you then got those big ginormous chocolates we never got those at home so guess how I earned my chocolate <laughs> I just needed to learn my words so I could be in the spelling bee, you know? So, but I didn't want to be known for being the spelling bee person. I just wanted that chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) But the confidence was not there. I agree. Even with high school, um, I love dance. I know you too. Both of us, that's something in common. Love dance. I thought I was going to go to college for dance. Thank God I didn't because I wasn't that good. But <laughs> tried out for swing choir and they put me in. Um, I love the dance, but the confidence of the steps I didn't have that self-confidence. That's when the self-confidence showed up and I recognized it real heavily for me. It was the confidence that I would not memorize yet. I could do spelling, but when it came to dance steps and all that, it just, I kept telling myself, you can't memorize, you can't learn this, you can't this, you can't, you can't. And so I didn't do my best. I didn't keep pushing to try to learn it. So I ended up being like, what are the, I call it the bench warmer until somebody gets hurt or sick and then you step in kind of thing. So that's kind of what happened my first year is going to be that temporary person. But that confidence sucked for me. Yeah. I think if people met me now, they would never think that about me, 
you know, you or I, that there would never have been a confidence thing or that we put ourselves down. Um, that, that was a struggle for me for sure. Oh, yes. I mean, huge struggle when it had to do with any kind of a performance kind of thing. Reading out loud. I just, yeah, I discovered at age six, because I started dance earlier, um, but by age six, they use the word acting. You don't have to be happy. They say you just act happy and then it makes the audience happy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, something clicked. Huh? It's like, you could be whoever you want to be when you go out there. And I was like, can I trick them not to see the shame, the ugly, the discarded person that I felt I was being sexually abused? Mm -hmm. And it worked the audience went wild and the better I got, the more wild and happy the audience got. <laughs> but I was going into it for that reason, if that makes sense. I you was have a great smile on top of it, Annette. So. <laughs> Seriously. But behind all of that, I felt like at any time, it's not gonna take much and somebody is gonna be able to pull back the curtain and mm. see and see, I felt that they would be able to see that I was sexually abused and that it was all my fault. Mm. And why didn't I fight harder? If I was sexually abused from the age of three all the way up till 10 years old, wasn't I smart enough to figure out a way to make it stop? Why didn't I get it to stop? How stupid was this little girl? that's what I felt if they pulled back that curtain, that's what they would see. And I knew if they saw it, I would die. Mm. I would just die mm. because I wouldn't be able to take the light on my faults, on my sin, which I felt was all on me. That's and that left me doubting my skills. It left me not trusting others. But more than anything, it left me not trusting myself. Right. Huge. Huge. What comes to mind, I think this is a piece of that, that lacking self-confidence. Sometimes mm -hmm. we will try to try to do other things. Or like for you, it was dance. And I think for me, it was, you need to at least look, look the part. Even if you aren't the part, Renee, look the part. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it was like like in high school, it was you look put together. Don't show up to school looking grungy and dirty and whatever. It was you always do your hair. You always shower. You always look nice. Always look presentable. Always look put together. And I carry that into business. I carry that into ministry. Well, maybe not as much in ministry. I take that back. <laughs> Once we became missionaries, I was like, who needs to dress up? You know, <laughs> just be who I am. But the clothes did something for a time for me, if that makes sense. You know, it not only filled a void to go shopping, that was bad, you know, way back when learning what my crutches were. But when it came to the self-confidence, it was keep all the hairs in place. How's the makeup? Is your clothes pressed? You know, 
Do you, do you match? Are you put together? You know, it was always this put together kind of look. And for me, it was always a business look because it was always going on the business track, you know, of the type of jobs that I was doing and the kind of things that I was doing or what services I was offering to people. It was always business related. So is any of that making sense? Oh, it sure <laughs> does. You, you know, were showing of... yourself to be confident and tough and all put together, but it wouldn't take anything because you were basically just being a paper tiger. You weren't a tiger. You were a paper tiger because the real tiger inside of you was squashed. Yeah. And didn't even have the light of day to breathe. Didn't have the voice. Yeah. yeah. It didn't have the voice to come out yet. But when it did, <laughs> when it did, <laughs> didn't matter if I was in a t-shirt, didn't matter if I was in slippers or socks, whatever. Yeah. The confidence has completely changed for me. And I've seen that with others as they've been healed through the sexual abuse as they walk through it. But I got to tell you in the beginning, as they're getting that confidence back or whatever it is, um, their childhood seeps out of it at times because they missed that carefree formative years that you see with children who have not been sexually abused. True. In that feeling of being safe. There's so many men and women today who still don't feel safe. No. And that is huge to be brought into that realm. Yeah, I have some folks that I'm still working with. They're in that situation. Safety is still a far distant land for them in, in their mind and in their heart. You know, they're just not feeling safe in their surrounding and even in their own bodies, I think. Yeah, because again, they got to make peace with trusting even themselves yeah, that they're going to make good decisions for themselves and they could be confident in that. If they keep walking with God, measuring everything up to what God's standards are, having his character, then it's going to go so much smoother. It does. It does. But it takes a lot of effort to even recognize that that's the way out. Or to even learn that that's the way out. So I almost feel like saying, so what's the steps, Annette? <laughs> you know, I know we have to learn. Self-confidence is something we're not born with. And and yes, if we, if we didn't experience this abuse, imagine the freedom we would have felt, like you just described, of just being creative and being more daring and and... I think daring is a good word. We would have dared to do more things to see see what our abilities were. But instead, there was a holding back, at least for me, there was a holding back. Yeah, and limiting, thinking I had to stay limited, thinking I was limited, you know. Right. Thinking that stage was not a stage for me. You know what I mean? Thinking sure. those places were not meant for me, or I didn't deserve it, or I wasn't worthy of it. All those lies that come in there that 
Booyah Satan. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I know for me, when insecurity, not having that self-confidence pops up, I have to step back because it still pops up to this day. I have to step back and go, okay, why am I thinking this? Oh. And thoughts will come to me usually right away. I'll go, okay, well, that's not true. Because I could be going, well, I'm not feeling so confident going into this speaking situation I'm going to do. Who am I to go ahead and share on this subject? All of that. And those voices start coming. And then I got to go ahead and go, well, because I feel like God's called me to share this message. I've gone through this experience. I've gone through this training. All these different pieces that are there. And I got to actually talk myself into that self-confidence piece at times so that I keep going towards it and and not avoid where I'm supposed to go. Right. Because fear, fear, fear comes alongside of that questioning your confidence, you know, not thinking you have what is needed to do what it is you're being called to do. Right. It's interesting because somebody had shared with me one time, they had come over to visit Eddie and I. They were a business ministry leader of some sort. And he says, something I've learned. And it was real interesting because I don't think I had heard it out of somebody's mouth before. He says, you know, what a person is called to, that's what Satan challenges. So like if somebody is called to be a speaker, what Satan will challenge you and make you think is you don't have a voice, you know, and I don't know that just stuck to me because it made sense of the things that I did not have confidence in were the things that I had the most strength in. (laughs) (laughs) And it ended up mostly being Satan feeding me lies that I was incapable of walking in that calling being on that platform, being being in that place that God has already deemed I'm good enough for. He's good enough and will carry it in me to completion. But I believe the lie that Satan has put in there, you know, depending on whatever that situation was. But man, that spoke volumes to me of, of recognizing God's already called me. <laughs> God's already called you. Yeah. And he's already given me the confidence, but man, how many times do we, we focus on self and believe the lies as well that Satan will feed so that you stay silent and you stay stagnant and you stay still. I felt like I've wasted so much time in my life doing that. Mm. So I got to really hone down. And if I can't seem to get out of that funk, or that whatever it is, a lot of times I'll contact you or I'll contact somebody else. I'm gonna go, look, Renee, I cannot come up with one subject to speak about. I think I've done them all. There's nothing left. And you'll go, really? (laughs) (laughs) And you fix that right away. I'm like, didn't you just say this to me this week? (laughs) Didn't you just say this to somebody else last week? Didn't you just walk through this? Okay, okay. Thank God for friends who can help as well. Yes. Yes. Bring a friend. (laughs) But God is so good and he can be our confidence because in him, I could be safe. In him, I could mess up and end up laughing about it. How many videos have I done 
on my own where I've started to do it for a mini and I'm starting to do it. And I just, the words aren't coming out and they're just not there. And I was like, God, can you help me here? (laughs) (laughs) And it just ended up laughing and I'm laughing with God and going, okay, let's start that one again. It's not a time to quit. It's a time to go, we got this. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody messes up. It's a learning experience. And we should accept it as that. It's not a failure. It's a moving forward for a future of making it better the next time. True. But failure is also hard for those of us who have been abused. That's a whole nother video right That's there. That's a whole that other subject, but yeah. yeah. But the failure and fear, they're real. They're real. But you know what? In the end, they're just a mouth with gums. There's no teeth on them unless we give them the teeth. Unless we give them the teeth. Mm. And the way I found that I've given them teeth is by saying, well, remember this time? Or remember this time? And now I start filling the mouth with all these teeth. And it's like, where's where's my faith in moving forward when God's called me to do this? That means that they have no teeth. Yeah. They're just gumming on me. And I could push that away. So I remember you just, you talking about teeth on the gums. (laughs) It made me think of a conference you and I were at um, and some other friends. It was a missionary conference and we were being taught by um, somebody who's a counselor. Okay. And it was, and to me, it spoke to my confidence stuff. And he was saying that um, the things we say to ourselves can make a difference. And one of the things that we can start saying to ourselves, instead of what we've always been saying, we've always been saying, I can't, well, I can't this, I can't that. Like you were just saying, you can list all these things. Well, I couldn't do it then. I couldn't do it there. or I struggled then. And then so moving forward, this next one is also going to be hard. You know, if I try this, but his words were try saying this instead of the, I can't you say to this point, I have been able to blah, blah, blah. But moving forward, and then you finish the sentence, and it takes you away from that can't language and that. To this um, point. Yeah, the to this point was a good word. <laughs> and I remember it was Kyle. Kyle and I took our notebooks and ran up to the guy afterwards and was like, say that one word again, you know, <laughs> because it spoke volumes to us about our confidence and how oh. how, how to move forward in things that have always been a certain way, or we've seen it a certain way, we can change the trajectory with Christ, but also with the way we speak it. Anyway. Uh, John Acuff, he has a quote that is, fear gets a voice. So fear gets a voice, gets to say, ooh, you better be careful, right? But <laughs> fear does not get to vote whether you do it or not. Ooh, good one. So fear gets a voice. You should listen if all of a sudden some sort of concern is coming or whatever, but it doesn't get to vote. It doesn't have the power to choose whether you do it or not. Amen. Well, thanks for talking with me about it today, Renee. Absolutely. May those who hear this, may your self-confidence build. And you see where... Maybe you've been tripping yourself up like Annette and I have. (laughs) Talk to you later. Amen. Take care.
you have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything. Thank you.